0: Hey everybody, welcome to episode two hundred and forty of the podcast that goes snicked I'm your host, Jason. Well, yeah, we we probably shouldn't both wear our eye patches in this story. Venable and up um, is a special bonish 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 Scott Sean McConnelly. Bonish flashback upper shoulder. That's terrible. Um you should all murder me for that anyway uh it's a bonus flashback episode on the Scorpio connection a Wolverine and Nick Fury graphic novel that I did not even know existed until a few months ago now of course it's from 1989 and I discovered it uh, a little while back when making my next uh kind of playlist for the upcoming flashback episodes and um I also, upon doing a little research, did not know that it was the first part of a Wolverine Nick Fury trilogy, which spans, you know, the next several years. I think, uh, I think the third part comes out in 1994, so I guess about five years. But um, anyway, yeah. So uh, this graphic novel happens to coincide, uh, kind of, with uh, Wolverine's 15th birthday publication speaking. He's much older than that. <laughs> but, you know, as far as, you know, from when he came out in 1974, uh, this this bumps up pretty closely to his release in 89. So 15 years from Wolverine, yay! Um, he wasn't really in any Uncanny at the time. Uh, kind of, his birthday fell between Uncanny appearances that he was in. But he was in the solo book. Uh, in fact, the um, Gehenna Stone affair had was double shipping at that time. It had two books that came out in the month of his 15th birthday. Um, and now I'm trying to, I wrote down in a different notebook which ones they were, and now I'm trying to scramble and figure it out. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So, but anyways, to the two middle ones. Um, celebrated Wolverine's 15th birthday with little to none fair fare. That's not a word. Fanfare. I'm going to make up words this whole episode. I. <laughs> you know what? I just tried to make up a fake word for guarantee and couldn't do it. I get a gear? No. Oh, I, 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 I give up. You guys are all going to hate me by the time this episode is over. But anyway, before. You know, this can save. This, this will save the episode. Uh we have, but before we get to the comics, we have a listener question from our good buddy Georgie V, um, at LA Boy Toy on Twitter. And he wanted to know why Wolverine no longer says things like Butzer and Scoot. Of course he asked this to uh in conjunction with our friends at the Danger Room podcast to, you know, love listening to them. Great great little podcast on old X Men comics. I cover some of the same stuff, but in a broader sense, they're not as focused on uh, Wolverine. No, they love him as well. So we should do a crossover sometime. I'll have to pitch that idea. I think Pat has I've been pitching it for a little while. So I don't know. Maybe I can, maybe if I throw a bigger, I don't know, a bigger to-do about it. <laughs> we'll see. But anyway, um. so I think as, you know, 1974, 75, uh, grew into the late 70s and early 80s. I think Futs 30s got replaced with Flamin', to be honest, Georgie. Um, and as far as Scoot, I don't know. I don't know if there's like a, an 80s, late 80s, early 90s counterpart to Scoot. Um, Can't think of one. But I, there is hope, you know, Um, in the nostalgia party that is or the X Men Gold is trying to be, um, and the in Georgie has been helping Dan Cole and I from the Intracomics podcast talk about that book on our current Resurrection uh, episodes. But um, you no, know, the latest issue of X Men Gold has things like the return of Fuzzy Elf when referring to Nightcrawler, and Old Man Logan who's even been through more times since he would have said this originally. Uh, was calling Kitty Pride Pumpkin. So, I don't know, maybe X Men Gold will be the place where Futzer and Scoot show back up. Uh, we should, uh, we should make a Twitter campaign to Mark Guggenheim to bring those back. That's what'll get the readers back. You know, you want your covers to look like 90s Gambit? Well, uh Wolverine say Futzer. Right on the cover, in a word balloon. That's my preference. Um, just like you better read this book, you futzers. <laughs> and you can base it the image on the um, the Frank Miller Wolverine number one, right? Where he's like got his claws out and he's like wagging his finger, like "Come here, come read this." And so uh, you can say you have something like that. Of course, a modern take, modern artist. And uh, but he can say you better come read this book, you futzers. <laughs> Oh, Georgie, I'm glad you asked that question. And for no other reason than maybe someone will draw a fake cover for me and send it in. Because I need that in my life. I need it. All right, well, that's, that's all our preamble. A very rambling preamble. Maybe a pre-ramble, depending on if I'm able to straighten myself out for the rest of the episode. But, um, yeah, we're going to talk about a graphic novel with spy stuff. All right, here we go. All right, so the Scorpio Connection was a graphic novel that came out in the summer of 1989 starring Wolverine and Nick Fury. Uh, it's a little story about S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, and you know, obviously Wolverine. Yep, keep him pace with the intro. Just gonna be a dumbass for the whole episode. <laughs> Strap in. No, I'll, I'll try to recover. It's just some mid afternoon blues. I don't know. Anyway, uh, this is written by Archie Goodwin with art by Howard Chaikin. So, our first Chaikin Wolverine exposure uh, color and special effects are by Richard Ori and Barbara Rausch. The letter is Ken Brusniak. Brusniak? Bruise. Yeah. And the cover, I actually have a reprint. Um, I'm not. I just grabbed this off of eBay and just got the, the cheapest one I could get that was still in decent shape. And, um, yeah, I think it's a second printing. Um, I think the cover image is the same. It's just instead of it being the whole cover, it's like inset and some dress, like a nice black background. And all the wording is moved up to the top. So the cover is just plain, like the cover image. But anyway, it's a nice image uh, of Wolverine and Nick Fury in a green background with a big scorpio like logo in a circle in the background I I actually really dig this quite a bit it's a really nice really nice cover and, and shows us you know what made me to come inside when Shaken's art his first stab at Wolverine um all right so let's give a rundown on this bad boy there uh, we go to I think it's in oh somewhere in South America there are some Incan ruins. There's a S.H.I.E.L.D. team trying to figure some stuff out. Trying to figure out some arms deals or drug deals or what have you. illicit activities on some terrorist, And they are attacked by a strange weapon. And we have our um, one guy. Um, David Nanjiwara. Or Nanjiwara. Maybe. Nanjiwara. Probably. He's a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent and he's there and he looks like he's going to be the lone survivor, but right before he gets in the helicopter, he gets taken out as well. And our mysterious villain walks by and drops like a little poker chip on his forehead, really creepy panel with his eyes rolled back in his head. And But on this little chip, this calling card, it's just a little circle, and it's got the Scorpio logo. Now, on my to-do list is to read the old Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. series. Um... I've not yet, but apparently I would recognize this symbol if I had. The old, the old Sturanko one, uh, which I really just want to absorb and digest at some point. Seeing some images of it as I've gotten older, it's like, ooh, that's that's something I missed. Um, but anyway, I, not that I missed, I was too young, but I never went back to it. It was never in my forefront of my consciousness, but I really want to read it. But anyway, all that to say is I... Reader, fans of that series would have recognized this symbol as a a typical shield villain, right? Uh, The Scorpio was Nick Fury's brother Jake, but is presumed dead. And so we're left wondering okay, was he back, right? You know, because sometimes bad guys come back, or, you know, is somebody else taking on the mantle? Um, We go to a New York health club uh, where a, a gal and a flowered print leotard is uh, getting her bum rubbed uh, with a bum massage. And we find out this is a gym for S.H.I.E.L.D. And uh, Nick Fury's in there lifting weights when Jerry, not not the artist, or writer, I mean, Dum Dum Dugan is in there spotting him, and apparently Nick Fury is breaking records for lifting weights. So they go hit the showers and the spa, and they come out and get dressed in their nice suits. And come out of the gym. Dum Dum's got to run. See his kids. And Nick Fury's left wondering. What if I had had a family? So anyway. He goes to a really nice apartment. With a great view. But he's just feeling really lonely. And sees a picture of his brother. And his son. So Jake and Michael Fury. um, Then the bat phone rings. The red phone. And um he's got a mission and it's arcade and so we get some really nice looking arcade by mr Chakin but of course the x-men are busting it up they're coming in and wolverine um yeah arcade says haven't you ever learned to knock and he goes knock him against now assassin and so i'm close enough to hell but he he knocks Rogue down, tells the X-Men to duck, his arcade explodes. I like how the head stays present um and lands in like a little arcade jukebox. Um, we get a really nice snicked as Wolverine lunges at the robot head, um and just chunk chunk chunks the head over and over again. Um and then we go back to shield base where Nick Fury's been called in to see that the team that was killed was left with a Scorpio marker. And um, he's like, he says he doesn't need to file, he recognizes the symbol. And he goes to a bar to drink away his sorrows. But he gets a random snick as uh, he pulls the olive out of his martini and uh, a claw goes through it, in the middle claw of three claws. And he's like, "Oh, hey, Logan!" <laughs> and Logan is there, all dressed to the nines. <laughs> he's got you know, his his suit fits right. He's got the leather jacket with the tassels, like kind of the Native American looking um thing. But then his pants and his hat in this particular scene are all the same color. So instead of wearing, like, jeans with that jacket, he's got, like, khakis. So it almost looks like a, a Pioneer onesie <laughs> is the best way to describe it. Anyway, Wolverine wants to know about Na- David Nanjiwara, or Nanjiwara. And, of course, um, Nick Fury's not much for wanting to talk about it. He says he wants to do it on his own. And not the X-Men dead. And Wolverine's like, yep, <laughs> it'll be fine. Um, yeah, so they decide that it's better to, to team up and do it together than to do it separate. That Logan's not going to let it go, Fury's not going to let it go. Um, of course, Fury wants to do it by the book. Logan just like, I just want to find his killer and you know, do what I do when I'm best at. <laughs> um, so then we go to Andros, which is, um A port between Turkey Turkey and Greece. And we meet our character. He's uh, hitting on some bikini-clad women. But his mom shows up and takes her to her boat. She's also in a skimpy bikini. Um, And at first you're not sure what she is. a little bit older girlfriend, but no, she's his mom. And we find out that he is Scorpio, the new Scorpio, and he's using his little Scorpio key to to vibrate stuff and to kill stuff. And Mama has trained this boy, her son, to be the perfect weapon to carry on the Scorpio mantle. Now, she he is under the impression that his dad, of course, is Jake Fury and blames Nick Fury for his father's death and is working on getting ready to confront and kill his uncle. Now, we go to Peru. Where Logan is running for his life in the desert. A helicopter is shooting him down. Uh, he and Fury are running down their first clue. Oh wait, no, I'm sorry. Um, this is a flashback. This is We're, we're finding out when... Wolverine met David Nanjawara, who was his old friend. Uh Nanjewara. I think I think that's right, but I keep saying it too Texany. Um <laughs> anyway, he pulls him out of the desert, saves his life, they go get a beer together. Um you know. There's a really cool little scene where the bartender doesn't want to serve David because he's an aborigine or a native. Um, and Wolverine is basically like, um, last chance, two loggers, ice cold, one for my friend, one for me, for your own good. <laughs> no, and that's nice i scene as is, as Logan sticks up for his friend, is being the target of some racism and bigotry. Um, and they get their beers and become best buds. Um, as David is heading off to join S.H.I.E.L.D. and Logan's heading off to, you know, me, Logan, um, and Wolverine. So now we're back to the present. Sorry about that. I should have known by the coloring that it was a flashback. I did not take very good notes, so I apologize. But it's a good story, so f- follow along. Uh, Wolverine's thinking about having a beer. He's with some S.H.I.E.L.D. agents. Puts on his Wolverine costume. So no Patch. Which, you know, they kind of missed an opportunity to have Patch running around with Nick Fury. And have like opposite eye patches. But um no, he's a full wolverine costume, which is fine too, because Chaikin does a good job with the design. Um as usual with Chakin sometimes it looks a little square and overly stocky, but overall, I mean that's just part of his style. You just kinda take that with with his pencils. But um overall it looks really good. And so they're hunting down some leads. They had a scent. Um from the weapon is what he's tracking. And uh, of course, it smells electronic uh, and smells like a certain energy, but Wolverine can follow it to its user. And um, they follow it to an airstrip, and there's a plane that's burning. Oh no, wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. Wolverine sets fire to the plane so he can sneak into the office. And um, he's gone through the files. Uh, figures out that the airport is a front for swift sword who's, who does some arms smuggling and a known entity against shield kind of like a chaos or what have you um yeah so he's going to track down their hired gun who he believes is the same person that killed david Nanjawara. so now we go to venice one thing about this graphic novel we globe hop which is really fun right it's fun to just kind of hop around from place to place. It's pretty cool. Uh, color is really good, too. We've got to a venison night. And there's a base. And they're on full alert. And there's some interference. And it's a shield base that is being busted up by Scorpio. He busts in and starts killing agents. And Nick Fury shows up. This was his lead. Right? He recognizes, no, it's not my brother. The moods aren't quite right. But um, instead of being relieved, he just gets mad that someone is is using his brother's image, even his bad image, to per- perpetuate more evil. But this guy, obviously, is younger, Nick thinks, because he's reckless. Um, yeah. Uh, so Nick's pretty pissed. And the Scorpio kid is pissed, but they take their fight outside, do some more fight and fall into the river, into the water. Um, Scorpio surfaces, Nick surfaces behind him, and Scorpio's like, I am your nephew. I'm Jacob Fury's son, your brother, Jake the brother. You murdered like I'm going to murder you. I don't know, actually, it probably would a little here. He's gritting his teeth, and it almost looks like he's about to cry. Like, he's just a little bratty kid. He's like, no, you killed my dad. Nah. Um, I don't know which one they were going for, but uh, either way, it kind of works. It's either super tough or super bratty. Uh, either one. Um, anyway, he's like, well, next time, I guess I'll have to get, get all of S.H.I.E.L.D. involved and not try to do this on my own, because I just got whooped. Um, so the Scorpio escapes of course now we go to Istanbul where Wolverine is tracking down his weeds and he finds the mom's house and she was like oh I was hoping you know, I laid some breadcrumbs I, I'm Amber D'Alexis um, I'm I'm Michael Fury's mom I was hoping the the person to pick up the trail would be Nick Fury but I guess you'll have to do he says, with a double snick and a great panel, yes, I will, lady, What I do best. Nice little uh, play on Wolverine's catchphrase. So he starts slashing guards in a great scene where he crosses his claws the X. And, you know, he says, I know it's a trap, but cra- traps can work two ways. Maybe, yeah, you think you led me into a trap, but you're also trapped in here with me. Um... But then Scorpio shows up and blasts him and says, you know, your fight's with me, but you've already lost. And he blasts Wolverine some more. And it's kind of taking his toll. I mean, he has a healing factor. Yeah, but this is a pretty serious little energy weapon he keeps getting shot with. And um, even Scorpio's like, you're not who I wanted to kill, but you'll have to do. <laughs> so, so Wolverine's playing second billing. Uh, but then the lights go out. And someone knocks out Scorpio. Interestingly enough, decides to leave. Takes Wolverine with him. And of course, it's Nick Fury and our bad guys escape again. Um, They both gripe at each other for trying to do it on their own. And we go back to McAo. And we find out that Nick's brother had a girlfriend who was knee-deep into some trouble. And Nick Fury went undercover and Founder, and they had a little fling. You can kind of see where this might be going, right, guys? Um, so business got mi- mixed with pleasure. Um, I like how when Fury <laughs> wears glasses, uh, he has one shade blocked out, which I guess that makes sense. I guess if you have one eye patch, you probably have one dark lens as well. Probably not out of the out of the ordinary. Anyway, when he finds out that the lady he's telling is dating his brother, that leads to all kinds of conflict. But he can't give up the mission, can't stop. Continues to romance the pants off of her, literally. But um, then, of course, all good things come to an end as he has her, again, yeah, there's enough information to have her arrested. So Fury is is telling the story to Logan over some drinks and feeling quite depressed about it. Um, and Fury's like, why don't, you, why don't you knock it off? Why don't you let me handle this? You're too close. I just want to avenge my friend. I'll kill him. No problem. No family. Right? No guilt. (laughs) And uh, Fury makes a joke about how does Wolverine eat meat this hot without any forks. And we get a snick and he stabs some piping hot uh, beef cubes with his claws. (laughs) And says, you may not be able to do what we need to do, but I can. So they get some little fancy shield. Uh, parachute gliders and glide on into the the new house in the Agent uh They attract the plane, and um, Wolverine's like, "No one's here, no sense, no no sounds." But Fury says, "My device says otherwise. Science says you're wrong." Which is a good line. Um, and there's at least two life forms in the penthouse, so they go in. Uh, Fury goes through the balcony, Wolverine's going to come through the bottom, and they find a monitor that looks like it's right out of the Jetsons, where Alexa, oh no, was her name, what was her name, Maria DeLexis, oh hell, Um, Amber DeLexis, yeah, and she leaves a message for Nick Fury, says it'll be the last message you ever hear. And by triggering the door, when you open the door, it's going to slam shut and fill with gas. And you're going to die. And I'm going to fly away. I'm going to take out shield with, for the swift sword. Um, just one location at a time. I have the info. have all the files now. Your men are dead. And to that cue, we have Scorpio attacking a base. Melting his way through a wall. All kinds of mad. Um. But there, he finds Wolverine and Nick Fury. Surprise, surprise! He's not dead. Yeah, Wolverine's old healing factor came in handy. Was able to go into the gas room and pull Nick Fury out before he died. Um. So the final confrontation, they fight. Um. Scorpio jumps on a giant like sci-fi elevator. Uh, Wolverine's able to grab on. Um Fury's like, No nah, man, I don't this is not ending good. They get up to the top. He doesn't want to kill his nephew. Uh there's a plane. Oh Mama's waiting up there too. We get a nice scene where they're fighting and the plane's spinning around the propeller. You feel like someone's gonna get chopped a la uh uh Raiders of the Lost Ark, but that's not really what happens. But you think it's going to. But Nick Fury shows up in his jetpack and crashes the cockpit. Pulls Amber out of the plane and yells at Michael to please stop. Logan, stop too. Don't kill my nephew. And And Amber says, he can't kill your nephew. He isn't Jake's son. He's yours. Oh, and this knocks Nick Fury for a loop. Loses his grasp on Amber. She jumps down and says, shoot, shoot your dad. Shoot your dad is a clear shot. And Michael's like, uh, he hesitates for just a second. Now that you know, he didn't know it was his dad, he really thought it was his uncle. Um, Wolverine takes advantage to knock the weapon out of his hand. More fight. Fury has a shot, but he can't take it. Oh, but eventually he has to. Shoots his son in the shoulder. Knocks him off of Wolverine. But Amber grabs the Scorpio key. And shoots it at the plane. Blows the plane up. She shoots it at Wolverine again. And she's sending him for a loop. Knocks him out. So she thinks. Uh, Nick Fury is holding his son. Who's gravely injured. But the mom is like. No I'm going to kill you. All I want is to see you dead. But Michael's like, Mom, he's my dad? And right before she, well, there's not really a trigger to pull, but right before she shoots the gun, however it shoots, we get a chucked as three claws come through her bloody chest. And Wolverine has killed the mom. Michael Scorpio gets away, but Nick Fury's like, No, we'll find him. I'll find him. I'll find him by myself. He's my son. My responsibility. You got your vengeance. She ordered the kill on David Nanjewara. You killed her. Let me take care of my son, please. And Wolverine agrees. But they both jump on the plane (laughs) and crash it so that Fury can take his son home. Um, Logan... You know, doesn't really like it, he wants to kill him, but he lets him have him. Says it's a starting point, papa. So later they celebrate, uh Wolverine tosses Nick Fury a cigar, says Congratulations, Papa, you're a dad. And that's how it ends. I I made a mess of that. I'm sorry. It's it's a really good graphic novel. Um the art's great if you like chicken i mean it's chicken it's really good uh lots of really cool action scenes Really good color work of course he did that all himself right or no no he didn't ori and roush did the colors they did a great job with the special effects which i'm assuming is the gun shooting mostly right um but yeah it works really well looks really good it's a great looking book and the story is good i mean it's kind of basic spy stuff right but like like you said uh they get to hop around the globe go to lots of different locales lots of changes in scenery i mean this could easily have been a movie right it would have been a pretty good movie this i don't know how the scorpio gun would would it come across on film um you would have had to do it kind of uh psychedelic maybe a little more even so than the art did um uh, but you could have actually now that i say that yeah i want to see this movie um Lots of action. Wolverine and Nick Fury make kind of a good team, a reluctant team, right? Um, old friends of prior experience who don't necessarily agree with each other's methods, but don't necessarily disagree either. I mean, Nick Fury is willing to kill when he has to. just doesn't want to kill his relatives. I mean, <laughs> who, who can blame an uncle Swash dad for that? Um, yeah, but overall, I would definitely recommend reading it. I would give this graphic novel a very solid four out of six claws. Uh, almost five. Um, you know what? I could go with five. I go five out of six claws. There you go. So that's the Scorpio connection, which is apparently the beginning of a three-part story with Nick Fury and Wolverine. I really enjoyed it, despite my rambling and babbling. It was quite entertaining. Would definitely recommend it. A lot of fun. Uh, like I said, it would make a great movie. Would kind of that James Bond feel to it. Apparently, a lot of comics in nineteen eighty-nine had that James Bond, Indiana Jones feel going on. Um, but yeah, yeah, definitely read for yourself. Try to make more sense of it than. I just did. I I don't know. I'm going to quit apologizing because that's lame, but not, not my best synopsis. I probably should have taken better notes or done it a little bit sooner after I read it. But there you go. I highly recommend reading this bad boy. And uh, yeah, so I'm going to do a little bonus material coming up right now. Alright, for some bonus material, we're going to do a little bit of a 1989 Wolverine ketchup. Not the stuff you put on burgers, though. You know, I guess Wolverine's ketchup wouldn't be all the globs of blood from all this snicked um, <laughs> Wolverine brand ketchup. Right out of 90s comics. Scoop this up, put it on your burger. Alright, anyway... Um, first up, we have Excalibur number 17, which is part of the illustrious cross-time caper. Um, this is written by Chris Claremont, penciled by Alan Davis. I think they may have co-written, because it's just by Claremont and Davis, I'm not sure. Um, anyway, E by Paul Neary, letters by Jade Modi, colors by Nell Yamtov, um, and the cover is by Davis and Neary. And there's uh, a search for a hero. And it's a Captain Britain uh, pageant. We have a bunch of weird aliens in Captain Britain costumes. And our, our front runner is a pudgy little alien with a big belly. And he wants to travel, help children, and work for world peace. And back in the background, Excalibur are holding up cards, score little score cards. Uh, pretty low well marks for this poor guy. Contestant 171. Anyway, it's a f- funny cover, I guess. Um, so this cross time caper, very up and down. I've been really enjoying Excalibur so far, to be honest. Um, didn't read it as a youngster, so I've been enjoying kind of going back to it. Um, we're coming off of the best chapter so far of the cross time caper. Cross time Time Caper, which was Excalibur 16, which involved going to a world of kind of blue, demonic looking pirates, where, of course, Nightcrawler was able to shine um, and just be awesome, super Nightcrawler. Um, Anyway, that is done. They've lost some of their powers. Uh, They escaped that world because the monster that was going to eat the world, uh, Nightcrawler basically fed it the Phoenix, Rachel and The monster OD'd. Um, And really, this story is about Rachel kind of wanting to get away as everybody celebrates. There's a lot of little funny moments, great art. Um, We get Just kind of a run down of Rachel's past, right? So that's where our Wolverine appearance comes in. We get a flashback of her as a hound of her time on the Uncanny X-Men, and then, of course, now in Excalibur. Right? So we get a nice little scene of Wolverine hanging out with the Uncanny X-Men, and that's about it. So she decides she wants to get away, but plans never work the way you want. Someone is attacking the city. Skyward is trying to get ready to leave, but they want to leave this, the world in a good place. So they want to have a contest. Um, she does get trapped by some people that look auspiciously like hounds, uh, but a little more well endowed in the male area. <laughs> uh, you know, Claremont had his SMN thing he liked to go to every now and then. But anyway, of course she defeats the traitors and, um, so these people are going to have a contest. Escobar is going to host a contest. See who is the best hero to kind of help protect the planet. Um, there's also a race of dragon people that are kind of this world's version of Lockheed. So they do good. Then this mysterious person shows up and. uh, 90's not quite bondage costume and she's doing good. We find out there's an assassin in the ranks who's killing the heroes. They of course think it's creepy looking sex girl, but it's not. It's a four armed bug alien. Uh, Our stranger throws a sword through his head, killing him. Unmask, it's Rachel! Oh! Then they decide that the Blue Lady Pirate and the Dragon Dune will rule the planet together protect the planet together. And they're gonna try to leave, and right as they leave, Professor X and the Starjammer show up. Just missed each other. Dang. Anyway, they're on their magic train. Excalibur is hopping from time and space to time and space. But um, yeah. So this story's gotten a little long, but well, this is a fun little chapter, I guess. Art was really good, of course. Alan Davis. Um, it's pretty great, especially in the eighties. Um, the story was. Fine, I guess. Um, kind of a... The Claremont's typical, we just had a really big thing go down, so here's going to kind of be like the, the hangout issue. And, you know, some action sprinkled in to push the story along. Um, I would give Scalibur 17... I uh, will go... i we'll go three out of six claws. Just, you know, nice, moving along, kind of in-between chapter. Um... Nice little story with Rachel kind of saving the day. It's fine. All right. Wolverine also shows up briefly in Captain America number 363. This is Moon over Madripoor. So you know what's coming, right? Um, Mark Gruenwald did the story. Kieran Dwyer did the breakdowns. Danny Bellinati did the finishes and inks. Uh, Jack Morelli did the letters. Bob Sharon did the colors. Now if you remember during the Gehenna Stone affair I talked about how the summer of 89 a lot of story a lot of books had this like kind of a high adventure summer epic and Captain America just got done with the Bloodstone hunt and this is kind of the um epilogue to that and Crossbones who had just appeared in the last couple issues um has kidnapped Diamondback as Cap gets away from the situation. Uh, He looks for Diamondback, assuming that she escaped after they killed Baron Zemo. And, um, yeah. Oh, cover by Dwyer is fantastic. Let's do the cover. First of all, we have our cool little letterbox where we have Captain America and Diamondback in pink. And above Diamondback's head is a broken heart. You know, because she wants Cap and Cap is not quite reciprocated yet. But on the cover, we have a nice multicolored circular target thing is yellow purple and red and inside the target is captain america lunging with his shield at crossbones crossbones looks just damn tough about to shoot at captain america and he's got with one hand and behind him with the other hand he's grabbing and tied up diamond by the hair it's uh it's a great cover i loved it as a kid i still love it it says never cross crossbones um yeah, it's kinda of cover debut. First time to show up on the cover, it's a good one. It gets your attention. Fantastic cover. You know, and I may have said this on a previous episode when I talked to him about this Bloodstone story, but um you know, uh Kieran Dwyer I think is oft overlooked and should be mentioned as one of the great Captain America artists. Um been really, really loving he and Gruenwald's run, you know, revisiting it. I read it as a kid, a lot of it, uh, filled in a few holes as I've gotten older, but reading it now leading up to this and just concurrent to the flashback episodes, I've really been enjoying the heck out of that run. Um anyway, so Crossbones has Diamondback. back. Captain America gets away, Crossbones finds a fishing boat and starts rowing away after he takes down the fisherman. Cap gets home um and asks if anyone's heard from Diamond Back and they all say no. Uh we get my banner on Twitter recently has been this panel of crossbones rowing the boat. And he says row, row, row your boat, cross the bleeding sea. <coughs> uh, that crossbones' voice made me cough, sorry. Bury me, bury me, bury me, bury me, and I'll take you with me. <laughs> it's a great little song. Anyway, Diamondback wakes up, but he's like, Oh, no, 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 not yet. Not going to let you out. I failed my mission. I did not get the bloodstones. I did not get Baron Zemo, but I'm not going back to my boss empty-handed, so I'm going to take him, you, in your hot pink hair and hot pink skin suit. (laughs) And she's like, Oh, no, don't flatter yourself. I just think you'll be a nice lead to Captain America to use you as bait um so he takes her to madripoor and goes to his brothel where he has a regular room and no one is bothered by the handcuffs like oh that's just a role play right it's what you do crossbow. just go do your thing so he takes her upstairs ties diamond back to the bed she's able to get his crossbow and is about to shoot her but he says, you wouldn't do that, would you, Ratzel?" I don't know what that is. I don't remember how this plays out. I, I feel like they end up being related somehow. But Diamondback freezes. No one's called her that in a long time. But she takes a shot anyway. Um, catches him in the trench coat, unfortunately. He pulls the arrow out, throws it into the wall above her head, and says, um, I'm going to tie you back up now. And he does. Uh, Captain America is bothered that no one's heard from Diamondback yet. But then he gets a message from Crossbones. Says, you want to come to Madripoor alone to the Brass Monkey Saloon? a funky monkey. Brass monkey junkie. And everyone says, no, Cap, you can't. It's a trap. But he's like, no, I'm, I'm going to go save her. It's fine. Nothing I can't handle. So Crossbones goes out for a walk, uh, Diamondback yells for help, shakes the bed, one of the girls comes in, she's like, help me, and then the madam comes in and says, oh, you're being too loud, Crossbones said, if you were too loud to, to put a gag on you, so she does. So Diamondback's like, I'll never escape, ah, so a little disappointed and that this is all we get, but here's our Wolverine appearance, very brief. Crossroads is walking down the streets of Madrepore and says, Don't know why I'm rushing. Café won't be here for hours. Guess I'm just anxious to have a showdown with a worthy oppo- opponent for once. Around this neck in the woods, there ain't nothing but wusses, weenies, and whips. As he says that, we have Logan hiding in the corner without his eye patch, by the way. So he's in civilian clothes, but no eye patch. Lighting up a cigarette. I can't tell if Greenwald well, is just fun with this or if he's trying to say that Crossbones is tougher than Wolverine. I would love to see the matchup. I would have loved for this story to have ended with uh, Captain America and Wolverine taking on Crossbones and some minions. would have been a nice end to this story, but that's not what we get. Instead, we just get one panel of saying, we're a Magiport, we better show us some Wolverine. <laughs> so they do. Um. Anyway, uh, Diamondback is able to pull the arrow out of the wall and somehow uses that big old fat arrow to pick the lock of the handcuffs. We get some great art as Cap jumps out of a Quinjet into the streets of Madripoor. He's going to go to the Brass Monkey. Diamondback gets away, makes a noise, and Madden comes back in, and Diamondback traps her. She's like, oh, good, I can rescue these poor hookers. But no, they all pull knives like, ah. And then a bodyguard comes up, but Diamondback is still able to escape. And we go back to the Brass Monkey, where Captain America is also in trench coat. We're in trench coat central, folks. Um, but he leaves, and Crossbones is outside. They both strip their trench coats and try to fight each other. And that's going to be t- continued. Oh, sorry. At the very end. Captain America steps in a bear trap on his foot. So that's where to be continued. So the art is great. The story is really good. Um, <laughs> reading it now. Crossbows isn't just a tough guy. He's also pretty damn misogynistic, and that's two bags. I remember him being one of my favorite cat villains, and uh, he probably kind of still is. But um, just. I guess tough guys in 1989 had a little trouble being, um, progressive. <laughs> but anyway, it's a nice introduction of the characters to each other. We've had a little bit of crossbones, like I said, in the previous couple of issues. Um, kind of lurking around in the background. But, um, this is the first time he and Cap come face to face. And it's in Madripoor and using, uh, Diamondback as bait. It's, you know, running just step, step for step with the current. Story in Captain America is really good. Um, I'm gonna give Captain America 363. I'll do five out of six claws. So that is our 1989 bonus catch up from Wolverine. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, if you have those books, give them a read. So, anyway, let's uh let's shut this bad boy down, shall? All right, so that's gonna do it for our latest bonus flashback episode. Flashback. Uh we covered the Scorpio connection. We covered a couple of random barely wolverine appearances to catch us up for nineteen eighty nine. Um next up will probably be another resurrection episode and then the next flashback episode. Uh we're gonna gonna take a little diversion into Sabretooth and talk about the assassination plot in amazing Spider-Man, and should have a good guest for that, no more me by myself. <laughs> Anyway, uh, hope you enjoyed the episode. As usual, you can like the Facebook page. Twitter is at Snickcast. Send me some more questions like the one Georgie had, and I'll answer them like I did. <laughs> and of course, um, the website with show notes is snickcast.podbean.com All right, folks, well, that's it. So until next time, hugs and snicks, everybody. Bye bye. And snatch. And phone ring.